the 2021 Business Innovation South podcast in association with BAE Systems. Welcome to the second Technology and Innovation podcast, recorded at the Business Innovation South Expo 2021. After a challenging and unpredictable 18 months, hundreds of the South's businesses got together face-to-face at the Hilton Aegeus Bowl to showcase the latest trends and developments. So how has the COVID pandemic changed our attitudes? How much focus is there on green technologies? And what are the biggest game changers on the horizon? In this podcast, we take a look at technology and innovation and the post-pandemic future. This is the 2021 Business Innovation South podcast in association with BAE Systems. So we're here at the Expo and it has to be said there's a real buzz around. For most of us, it's our first face-to-face Expo post-pandemic. Well, I'm being joined today in our podcast booth by a panel of different exhibitors from all sectors and also by Lara Bull, who's the organiser and brainchild behind this expo. Lara, you have to be pleased with this. Elated, actually, to just, you know, you walk in that room and the buzz and just to see so many happy, smiling faces. Yeah, it's just absolutely fantastic to think that we've driven it through and it's happened. And it's finally happened. It's been a long haul. It has been a long haul. We've had three date changes. Um, So grateful to all of the sponsors and the exhibitors. You know, when we went into lockdown, there were 31 companies already on board, six sponsors. And I've had to go back to them and get them to change and change again. But everyone remained committed to a face-to-face event. You know, first of all, people were talking about pivoting. And, um, you know, why don't you take it online? But everyone said, no, we're fully behind you. We will just hang on in there and wait. And it's been worth it. One of the things, having spoken to so many of the exhibitors, is that the feeling that came through was very much, it's so nice to be able to talk to people face-to-face again. You just don't get the same amount of feedback or engagement when you try and do it online. Yeah, it's that connection, isn't it? You know, we're people. And I think people buy people and, and it's that connection that you feed off of. But like you say, it's just that face-to-face interaction that you're feeding off of. And also, you know, STEM and innovation, a lot of our exhibitors have got a physical product. They've got a thing that they want to showcase. You can't do that online. So looking around the room then, you've seen lots of people interacting, lots of displays, lots of... I mean, it's busy, isn't it? It's, it's a busy expo. It is a busy... It's a busy expo. The buzz started at 7 o'clock as the exhibitors started to arrive, and it literally hasn't stopped. Hi, good afternoon. I'm Nick Young, Head of Innovation at BAE Systems. Thank you for joining us and for your support of the expo. So how important do you think tech expos such as this are? Well, my view is innovation tends to be a a very collaborative activity, uh, not just internally within a business, but also across uh, a number of organisations. So expos like this where people get the opportunity to display their technology and show what's going on is is really very important in order to air air the wares and expose the the opportunities that exist out there. So I'm really keen that uh, BA Systems are involved in in these kind of things and to make sure that we we understand what what small and medium-sized enterprises are doing as well as the larger businesses so we can uh, collaborate together in the innovation space. 
It shows a lot of different sort of sides to technology and innovation, doesn't it, at an expo like this? Absolutely, yes. I mean, um, you you think about uh, large innovation activities like the introduction of autonomy all the way down to a new frying pan, for instance, and and there's all relevancies associated with those different ranges of technologies and how they can fit together and, and what you might use a piece of innovation technology in one space might be useful in a completely different space but still very relevant. But until you know about it, it's really difficult. Hello, I'm Diana Galpin. I'm Director of Enterprise and Knowledge Exchange from the University of Southampton. Well, this is our first um, foray into um, a networking event. And so it's really nice to get back to -to face-to-face. I think there are so many connections that you can't do as well by email and or through Teams or Zoom. And so face-to-face gives a really nice vibrancy, which is really good to see here today. How important do you think events like this are? Events like this are a way to make some of those serendipitous connections that you wouldn't do um, in any in any other sort of fixed forum. Um, and I think it's really important, particularly for the universities, and there are a number who are here aside from the University of Southampton, um, that we're able to um, network and, and meet businesses to find out what their needs are to inform um, what our priorities should be moving forward. Um, and events like this provide that possibility for that networking and the, uh, making those connections. Hi, I'm Craig Nixon. I'm one of the directors at Colvertech. We're a, an IT solutions provider, an IT support company based here in Southampton. So over the pandemic then, things have been quite challenging for a lot of businesses. Um, obviously being an IT business, I'd imagine that it's been quite a beneficial time in an odd sort of way for you guys. I think, yeah, to, to, when, when it all started back, back in March last year, we were we were extremely busy with, with evolving um, customers' working methods. So um, so there was, there was a lot going on trying to support customers through that. Um, but also I think, you know, it's, it's been a great opportunity for people to be able to, to get more out of, out of their technology um, because they, they kind of evolved and they've changed the way that they're working. So, um, and I think those businesses that have embraced it have, have, have actually come out stronger in some, some aspects because they're able to achieve more. So my name's Mark Round. I, I work for IBM. I'm the technical lead for one of our large telco industry clients. Technological changes in the last year have largely continued the the direction they were going in. There's been a migration towards the cloud. There's an an adoption of AI. Um, We, again, early days of the lockdown, we saw a lot of interest in things like chatbots and automated call handling systems um, to do call diversion because call centers got closed down. If you had, you know, a thousand people operating a call center, all of a sudden they can't come in. Where do all those calls go? Um, especially if you've seen a spike in business because uh, the inquiry levels have gone up because now more people are working at home and they're having the problem as well. They're trying to call into the call centers. The call centers aren't there. You need to do something to serve those customers and support them. So we have um, implemented in, we, we implemented in three weeks a chatbot program for one of my clients that the previous iteration took us 18 months to get through. Um, but the experience you know, has been very positive. So it's accelerated a lot of transformations that customers have seen. I don't think it's changed the, the direction of travel hugely. It's maybe opened a few eyes and accelerated it. I think some of the biggest challenges I've seen is, is the speed of what, what things happen, the way things happen. So 
a lot of businesses didn't necessarily have the strategic support within their within their environment so they kind of developed their own ways of overcoming the the, the problems with remote working um, so now coming out of that we're, we're seeing a lot of customers that are kind of stuck in a bit of a a bit of a hole really that they can't quite dig themselves out of because they've put things in place to get them through it and now they're starting to grow again so they're seeing those those kind of cracks in the pavement and they, they need to try and develop the next the next situation so I think the, the strategic side of it because it happened so so quickly was probably the biggest challenge and also um, getting hold of kit the, the, the supply and demand was just incredible um, I, I mean I was I was particularly amazed at how well the infrastructure within the UK held up during the pandemic with with the internet connectivity being so reliant upon now um, I, I did almost expect to see more more outages, more problems, and so it was. It was incredible to see so many businesses able to continue. So you mentioned the supply issue with mm. regard to the tech. Is that still something that's ongoing? We hear about it in the news, don't it's, we? It's all the time. So it's it's mainly shortages of of the actual products and, and being shipped over from from China and, and the other manufacturing companies. So things like LCD panels, so monitors are quite difficult to get hold of. Docking stations again. Um, you know, it's the, the silicon, and you've got you've got the shipping factors. Everything's taking that bit longer. So, um, yeah, it, it is a challenge still, and I think people need to need to plan a little bit further in advance. I think you can't just turn around and say, "I've got a user starting on Monday, on Friday, and, and expect a expect a supply of kit that, that's going to be reliable and up to the job." So, um, and I, I think it's going to be a little while before we we start to come through that. Is it the pandemic you think that's caused that the, the, the shutdown of, of factories and such forth? I think there's there's lots of factor, factors. There's there's the raw materials. There's there's the manufacturing. There's shipping. There's there's so many different factors that, that have kind of built towards it. Um, and obviously the pricing has, has gone through the roof because of it. So um, I think I, I don't think it's any one particular thing, but everything added together has, has really made a massive impact. Thanks, Craig. Well, supply isn't the only issue that businesses have been facing in recent times. Sadly, cybercrime is another. We're joining us in our booth now to tell us a bit more is Detective Inspector Chris White, who's from the Cyber Resilience Centre for the South East. So I'm guessing then with more and more of us working online, it's been a bit busy. So, yes, yeah, sadly, I see the crime figures for the southeast of England. Yes, we've seen quite a few data breaches um, across the country and across the world. Um, people have then been victims of those data breaches and then they see themselves being targeted through phishing email campaigns. And then um, if you have been one of those people that have clicked on the link, which we say please don't click on links, um, sometimes that's the payload which enables malicious software to then get in the factual systems and then you could be taken offline with ransomware. So we're seeing a bit of ransomware being successful at the moment, but overall cybercrime has stayed the same. Yes, we've seen some certain trends, and we would have seen that anyway throughout the year. So if we chop up the year into like a creative calendar, which marketing teams use, sadly the organised crime gangs are doing exactly the same. So. February, let's pick February, Valentine's Day. You get a lot of phishing emails around that time for buy one, get one free or 50% off. Generally, men get sent those vouchers. I'm not sure why they pick on men. But then we go to Christmas, you get um, failed delivery notifications. You get an email from lots of uh, courier companies saying, we tried to deliver your parcel and sorry, you weren't in. They were never around your house. It's just a phishing email campaign, get, getting you to click on a link or download some software to 
wreck your computer system, sadly. And they are very convincing, aren't they? They certainly are. They, it comes in all shapes and sizes now. They are getting better. So we always used to look out for grammar and spelling errors, but they are, they've realised there's a spell checker on these computers now, so they are getting better. But they've now jumped over to mobile phones, to so smartphones, and they're sending text messages as well now, trying to achieve the same. So we're getting a lot of gain, a lot of failed delivery or... Uh, buy your COVID stuff here, get your COVID testing here. Um, we've moved on to, there was Brexit emails, Brexit text messages. It's what is, I guess, flavour of the month or what is currently in current affairs that they can get that hook out there, get you interested and get you clicking. Um, so they do their own email campaigns as well, according to what's going on at the current time. So what sort of things should businesses be doing? So if you're a small business... Um, I could use case studies. So small business ultimately uses Instagram and Facebook to do a lot of trading. Their, their advertising and marketing features on those platforms and their customers will then reach out, probably buy products and services using those platforms. So as a hacker, if I managed to get hold of the password to those platforms and I logged in and then took over the account, changed the password and kicked the genuine business out, they've now lost their revenue streams for marketing and advertising I could trash their reputation, um, be unkind to all of their customers, they'd unfollow. I would then threaten the company to say, if you want access to your marketing and advertising uh, platforms, you need to pay me some money. If you don't, I'll delete your account. And that's pretty much crucial to a small business because that's, that's how they operate and sell and trade. So on those cases, I would say, do you monitor um, the, the web for when there's data breaches involving any of your company's details? Do you have two-factor authentication turned on? Is your password good and strong and not easily guessable? So, I mean, little examples. Like I say, if you're, you've got a password character length of um, eight characters, I could probably guess that in less than 20 minutes. So we've just got to get better at those sort of things. This is the 2021 Business Innovation South podcast in association with BAE Systems. Well, one of the key themes of this year's Expo is innovation, which has been continuing to grow at a pace during the pandemic. Still with me in our booth, we have our panel of experts, Di from the University of Southampton, Mark from IBM, and we're also now being joined by Business Hampshire and Lennox Point, which is a sustainable new neighbourhood scheme in Portsmouth. So to talk about some of the key growth areas then, um, Di, let's kick off with you. What are you seeing from a growth perspective at the university at the moment? So many of these are signalled by the UK innovation strategy. Um, obviously the um, AI, digital, adapting to new ways of, of working are, are clearly there. But the UK needs to grow on its strength for advanced materials um, and for improved manufacturing. To achieve the, the net zero goal, um, more technologies around energy and efficiency are really, um, are really important. But the health, so the other opportunities of, are very much to do with bioinformatics, the power of data is phenomenal, um, and autonomy and autonomous systems will be increasingly important. And what hasn't yet launched is the UK space strategy, um, but there is a huge um, opportunity for space-enabled innovation, so utilising data from GPS or from space, um, even um, mapping in, in agricultural settings, in healthcare settings. There's a huge 
opportunity if we as the UK work together to build on, on, on those innovations. So what would you say are the growth areas that you're seeing here in Southampton? So definitely um, uh, robotics, marine and maritime, but clean maritime. Um, there is also future towns and future, um, future innovations, the internet of things. How can we be more efficient? All, all of the technologies interface with each other. So if they are applied in certain settings, they might have a positive environmental impact. So uh, my name is Megan Carter. I'm a strategic project manager for Portsmouth City Council. I represent them as a developer and I'm doing the Lennox Point scheme. So I think pre-COVID, when we brought out our scheme, it felt really radical to sort of have technology and smart cities and sustainability and all these great buzzwords we were using. Um, and now, we, you know, people really do want to know how technology can change the way they work, change the way they're at home, their houses, they want them smarter. You know, the climate emergency is coming forward and any technology that can help support that. Um, and we wanted to come today to say to people, look, we've got this thing. We want it to be smart, we want it to be green, we want it to be the future, and this felt like the right um, expo for us. So with regard to the scheme itself, what are the types of innovations and technology that you're seeing within it? So we're looking for smart homes, we're looking for smart energy, we're looking for um, encouraging businesses with a green agenda. So how are they turning on their lights? How are they using running water? Are we you know, getting companies there that are wearing recycled materials? Are we using things like um, zero plastics? You know, do we say from the start we are a zero plastic community? Um, and those sort of things, they, they shouldn't be in your face and difficult. They should be as easy as breathing. They should be something that we just, you know, do that's the norm that's accepted. So um, that's sort of what we're looking at as a scheme. And is working with local businesses important to the scheme? Absolutely. So some of the stuff we've been doing, in, um, particularly in COVID, we went out to the market in 2019 and said, look, we can't do this on our own. We need you, the market, to help inform it. But as part of that, we've also gone, okay, so as a client, what it is that we want and you know, strongly that has come out. Support for local businesses, encouraging local businesses to grow, providing them space to do that, um, and providing companies that, you know, some of this technology locally, you know, do they have space to do that? And can we encourage them to come to Lennox Point to uh, grow their business um, and look at different technologies and look at different innovative ideas? Uh, my name is Michelle McLean, Hampshire County Council's Economic Development Team. Um, this is our Business Hampshire. So you've been working with businesses across the area for the last couple of years. How do you see they've changed and what, what sort of changes have you seen within the business community? There's definitely more of an emphasis around, you know, kind of research and development, um, particularly um, in the sectors that I looked after, which are digital technology and life sciences. Um, you know, lots of really great publicity um, for that in the region, you know, a real hub of innovation and technology here. So, yeah, lots of changes, but real positive changes for the future. What would you say has been the biggest area of growth that you've seen? Um, really around life sciences, um, you know, when you look at the University of Southampton and what they have done around, you know, kind of that coronavirus response, um, you know, when you look at smaller companies having pivoted and developing masks and, you know, Bombay Sapphire developing hand gel sanitizer, you know, people have really, you know, kind of proven that they can change quickly and adapt. And what, what 
what's been your sense of the feeling amongst businesses? Obviously, everybody was really concerned about the impact of the pandemic and Brexit on businesses. Is there a sense of, of negativity or is there really now a sense of positivity about business? Yeah, we are seeing, you know, job numbers, you know, the amount of vacancies, you know, being posted, that is really on the increase. So there's a lot, particularly around digital, you know, we have got lead sectors here in the region of like fintech, aerospace. So, you know, we are seeing there's a lot of positivity around that. But yeah, I think, you know, going forward that people are seeing that actually, you know, they they are coming out of this and beginning to recover. For IBM, there's two key areas of growth. Um, We see uh, what what we're terming hybrid cloud um, and the adoption of AI as being the two key areas. Um, A lot of the AI type services that we see in the home today are relatively simplistic. Um, I'm thinking about things like Siri and and Alexa. They are very clever voice recognition interfaces. Um, The actual artificial logic behind them and the knowledge base behind them is not as broad as it sometimes appears to be. Um, So our focus is not on that kind of interaction. So you probably won't see IBM AIs, if you like, visibly in that way. Uh, We've we've built a bunch of AIs and and have applications. They're things like, um, we we had a project, there's there's a project in the International Space Station called Simon, which is a AI robot which aids the astronauts in the operational procedures and the experiments they're going through. So it has a knowledge base that's much broader in that it's been given a lot of the operational manuals for the space station and a lot of the data around the experiments to be able to help work with the uh, astronauts on, on those. Now that's, that's interrogating a much broader set of documentation. Um, so it's looking for much more complex patterns than just sort of, can I book a, ha- a hairdresser appointment through my Alexa in my front room? Um, it's, it's multiple stages of it, understanding and interpretation. Um, so that, that tends to be where our focus is. You know, things like autonomous vehicles take many sorts of in- inputs and sensors. We're not trying to build an autonomous car, but we are building a lot of the AIs that go behind some of the autonomy. So the how do I do visual recognition and understanding? How do I do... How do I understand the traffic flows? How does the weather impact on um, friction surfaces so that we know whether we can slow down? That sort of logic. Uh, and that is being um, if you like, if more of a focus. Working with uh, robots on the International Space Station does sound quite cool, though, I have to say. Uh, the thing's been up there for about four years. So <laughs> it, I think it's very cool. There's, I mean, the, the other example at the moment is a thing called Mayflower 400, which is an autonomous um, survey vessel which is based in Plymouth um, and is um, going out and it's meant to be recreating uh, crossing the Atlantic for the, the Mayflower, uh, Plymouth to America, going and discovering America. Um, and uh, that's driven by a bunch of our AIs to understand things like the maritime rules of the road, weather conditions to do weather routing, um, tidal patterns to do uh, the routing, power consumption levels and all the monitoring of the devices as well as it having sensors for the environment around where it is and taking all of that into account. Mark, thank you very much. So looking then to the future, the green agenda is mission critical at the moment. We've had COP26 and the push to find environmentally friendly alternatives in pretty much all parts of our life. And there's also a growing reliance on technology too. So what do we think then are going to be the biggest game changers on the horizon? Chris from Colvertech, let's start with you. I think it's the automation, the, the, the way things can, can happen and flow. 
Um, so it's it's looking at the business processes, seeing what people are doing on a daily basis, and seeing how we can we can automate that. Not to cut down on staff, but to to help reduce errors um, and and make life easier, so that those staff members can then be more proactive in offering other services and 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 doing what they need to do. From the people that I've spoken to today, I, AI seems to be the future. Uh, AI is is massive and, and big data and analytics and everything else like that. So it's about recording and reading the data that you're you're collecting. Um, before, you know, all, all of the information was there, but nobody really looked at it. So now that you've got things like Power BI that, that shows you dashboards and, and easy to read figures, so you can start to really look at sort of service level agreements and, and everything like that and monitor monitor the performance that, that you've got going on. So yeah, there's there's loads of stuff that, that all integrates that, that's, that's really setting the world alight, I think. I, I definitely think autonomy is probably going to be the, the, the game changer moving forward. And, and how that's going to slowly eke into everybody's life um, is going to be really interesting. And as I said a moment ago, um, I, I envisage it being quite insidious. I don't mean that in a negative way, uh, but you know, it will slowly grow into people's lives and people just don't, won't realise it. And, and you think about um, basic things like, like your fridge. Um, now you get fridges with information on the front that tells you what, what, what you need to buy from the shop and adds it to your list. You can just imagine things evolving further and further beyond that, can't you? And, and I think autonomy is, is good. I know people are scared of autonomy to some degree, and, and I can sympathise with that view as well, actually. Um, but, but, you know, I know as a, as a professional engineer that, that when you design these things, you design them with those ethics in mind. Uh, and while I'm not going to sit here and suggest they're all going to be perfect, I, I'm probably less worried than perhaps some, some others in that space. So how do you feel personally about working in such a fast-moving and, and pretty critical area of, of the world, really? It, it's both exciting and challenging. And, and there's some really exciting things we, we're doing in, in our team um, that, that cover the broad spectrum of, of these interesting areas. You know, net zero carbon, digital data, autonomy, uh, machine learning. It's a broad spectrum. And, across, and that's just crossing in our area of the business. When you think about BA systems-wide, I'd argue there probably isn't anything we're not involved in somewhere, somehow. And that in itself is really exciting. Uh, and that's not to say we, 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 we don't collaborate. We, we're very close in understanding what's going on around, around, the, uh, around the business. Uh, you know, we think about augmented reality and virtual reality and, and how that might come into to, uh, everyday life as well. Um, there's, there's been a big increase in interest around uh, net carbon zero. And, and lots of people are starting to focus on it. You know, it's becoming, it's, it's very much on, on the forefront of everything. You know, within BA Systems, we're very much focused on on, um, on that agenda and trying to work out some products, some concepts, some solutions that can help not just our prime customer, but, but the community in general. So we've been doing some work with the UTC students and um, we've been talking to them about zero waste communities and robotics and how they kind of, and I think it all comes down to energy, I think, and how we power, how we move things and, and it, it all comes back to energy and I think if we can crack that in a, you know, is the solution just electric or is there other opportunities to do so, I think that underpins quite a lot of what we're looking at. I think the biggest game changer as well, when talking to young people, which we've done the university, UTCs, we're in schools all across Portsmouth, I think to not underestimate their passion for their climate. You know, it's all very well and good watching a David Attenborough documentary and then buying yourself a reusable coffee cup. It's, it's bigger than that for them. It's bigger. It's so important to them. And actually, that generation coming through, they might be 
the biggest game changer in the fact that we do have a generation now that completely believe in change. That's an interesting one. IBM produce a report um, annually, which is called the IBM 5 in 5, and it's five technologies we think are going to change the world in the next five years. Um, the current report looks at how AI is being used to um, develop things like material science. So we're trying to use AI to look at chemical modeling to create a shortlist of uh, physical experiments to build better batteries for the next generations of autonomous vehicles. Um, we're looking at how we can do carbon capture and using AI to develop the material science for that. Um, there's a, a, a number of areas of that sort of thing. If we can be successful in any of these, then I think those are real game changers for the world. And what would be your personal, if you had to pick one, what would be the one that you think would make the biggest difference? Well, of those two, I would have to say carbon capture, I think, is the, is the biggest one. Uh, modelling, the, modelling the world around us is an immensely complicated thing. Anything we can do around um, removing the CO2 and getting the CO2 levels in the atmosphere down, uh, I think, is, a, is probably the biggest thing for all of us uh, living on this little planet. The 2021 Business Innovation South podcast in association with BAE Systems. Thank you for joining us for this year's Business Innovation South podcast. And many thanks to our panel of guests. To find out more about next September's Expo at our new venue at Lakeside and to pre-book a stand or a podcast interview slot, head to the Business Innovation South website or follow hashtag BIS2022 on social media. And don't forget to subscribe to our technology and innovation podcast. This podcast was recorded and produced by Pure Brand Media.